welcome to the DTB Podcast presented by Bless Your Heart Nonprofit Corporation. I'm Ross Jombo and I'll be your host filling in for our regular host, Brendan Mathern, as we speak to some of the most interesting people up and down by Lafourche. You see them on Friday nights supporting the Fighting Tarpons and marching up and down LA1 during Mardi Gras, but the South Lafourche Band does so much more. Today we have Randy Chasson, South Lafourche Band Director, and friends of Tarpon Pride board members Scotty Trosclair and Reggie Lejean to tell us what the pride of South Lafourche Marching Tarpon Band truly is. So Reggie, Scotty, Randy, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you, you no having us on. So guys, we uh, every podcast we try to get every, get the, the guests to tell us who you are, who's your family, who's your mom and dad, like the, the old-fashioned uh, down the bias saying. So, Randy, we'll start with you. Uh, give us a, a feeling for who you are. Okay. Uh, well, originally, I'm not from down the by. Originally from Thibodeau. I grew up in Thibodeau. Uh, my parents are uh, Roswell and Kenneth Chasson. I'm a graduate of Thibodeau High, class of 97. I went through Nichols, and uh, when the opportunity opened up to, to work down in South Lafourche, I jumped at the chance, and I've been here for 21 years now. Scotty? Name Scotty Trosclair. Parents are Sterling and Janice Trosclair. I am... Um, actually graduated from Graham High School in Graham, North Carolina, uh, joined military, went around the world a few times in the Army for a few years, and Bayou just called me back, moved on back to the Bayou, and been here about 20 years ever since. How you doing? I'm Reggie Lejean. Um, my parents are Guy and Loretta Lejean. Uh, I was born and raised down here, graduated from South Lafourche High, would not want to be any other place but here. The Reggie Lejean from the Rouses commercial. That's it. Uh, so, guys, in the intro, I said uh, that you tell us about the pride of South Lafourche Marching Tarpon Band, what what it truly is. So give our listeners a rundown on how the band's made up, how many part- people participate in it, just what is the South Lafourche Band? Sure, sure. We uh, This year we have uh, 130 members, including our uh, tarponettes and all the brass players, wind players, uh, drum majors, and, of course, the, the percussion students, front ensemble and drum line. Uh, we got a multiple kids involved in several other activities, including ROTC and football and uh, volleyball. We've had you, just, you know every activity at school. We have kids that are all over quiz bowl, swim team. They're, they're just multifaceted. We get some of the best kids in the school, and uh, we like to share them with everybody. And they help make our organization very successful. Uh, so you mentioned a lot of pieces of the band, like tarpon, uh, the tarpon heads, and. Uh, um, how, how is that structure made up? I mean, it, does everybody play an instrument or? Um, not necessarily everybody plays an instrument. Several of our tarpanets actually do play an instrument just this time of the year. Uh, they do the the flags and the rifles and the dancing aspect of what the, the marching band is. Uh, and our drum majors as well. Right now they're waving their hands, but come concert season, one of them picks up a flute, another one picks up a French horn. And okay. It's all hands on deck. Gotcha. Uh, Scotty, Reggie, so you guys are on the board. So, Scotty, explain to us what you do for, on the the board for the band. I pretty much head up a lot of the trailer maintenance and make sure everything is taken care of so that way I can get, our kids can get back and forth to these uh, marching competitions and shows they go to. Um, pretty much just make sure that everything's running okay, the trailers are roadworthy, and they, they look good for the kids. Reggie? Yeah, I'm Reggie. Um, I had fundraising with many, many other people, and thank you for that. Uh, basically, we go out there, we get donations, um, go out there, we get everything we could for these kids, and, you know, we thank the community for being out there for us, and thank you all for the support. Uh, 
So what what type of uh, fundraising do y'all do? Um, we do a lot of fundraising, you know, through sponsorship that we have through our Silver King Classic. Uh, we have different nominations broken down on sponsorship, and, uh, you know, we hang up banners. We do just about anything. Um, we'll take any dollar. We'll take any dollar amount, um, and it all goes to the kids. Um, give the, the audience an idea about the things that y'all do with the donations that makes the band better. Last year, we was able to sell a bunch of advertising space on the back of the two trailers that we got, and we sent them off to Southern Signs in Thibodeau, and we had both of the trailers wrapped. Um, it, it really took some trailers that looked pretty old and rough and beat up and turned them into brand-new trailers. And, and my whole thing was is if we can get the kids over there looking good, they'll feel better about themselves. It might give them that little bit of extra push they need to do a little bit better with, with the competition they're going to, maybe shine a little bit more, be a little happier about it, and place a little better with it. Uh, we also came across a good deal on one trailer, and we bought a new trailer to add to our fleet because we needed something that was a lot bigger than the two little ones we had. Uh, with that, we, we sold more advertising space, and we got that one wrapped too. So we pretty much took the, the two trailers we had, got them brand new, bought a new trailer, had it wrapped too, and turned around, stuck all three of those plus two utility trailers we had in the shop, had new tires put on them, had the axles checked, uh, the pretty much the trailer checked, we, um, we bought a bunch of lighting. I, I put lights inside all the trailers because a lot of these shows we go to, we show up at the daytime, but whenever we go to leave or load up all our equipment, it's nighttime. Right. And the first one that I remember going to, I remember a whole bunch of the kids just holding up their cell phones for flashlights, trying to pick up their equipment. And I said, there, there's no way. I'm an electrician. We're going to take care of this. So I, I went to work on the platform, ordered a buttload of US LED lights, and, and just started putting lights in all the trailers so that way we can make sure all the kids are safe. A lot of this came from the money that we picked up from the community doing projects and donations and selling advertising space. And it really made the trailers look really good and got our kids a lot safer. For sure. And, uh, you know, I was leaving one of the football games uh, um, for homecoming night. <clears throat> and when I was I was uh, pulling out, I saw somebody taking a picture of the back of one of the trailers. I guess they were taking a yeah, picture of their, that was their the, company. That was the yeah. new trailer. Yeah. That's probably me. No. So, no. No, and, and I mean, look, the we see that a lot with Bless Your Heart, too. Like, the, there's people who want to help, you know, and they, they're always looking for an opportunity to be able to help. And, you know, even when you reach out, um, we would have never known that there was safety issues with the trailer to be able to help, you know, help you guys get that right. Um, a lot of people do want want to be able to help and by doing that and giving a little promotion back to the company and putting that on the trailer it's a win-win situation for everybody so that, that was a great idea yeah because with that we um we sold it as i'm not coming back to you next year and ask you for another donation for that spot that spot's gonna be there until we have to rewrap them trailers whenever we wrap the trailers i'm gonna go to those companies first i mean they were the ones to help us out at the beginning i'll go to them first and give them the opportunity to repurchase another spot. We're going to have them rewrapped again. It's probably going to be close to the same image, the same everything. And and they'll get a chance to put their name on the back of the trailer for another five or six years. I think we charge $500 a spot. You can't buy advertising no. in the state for $100 a year. There's no way possible. And and we might get seven years out of the trailer, so it's even less than $100 a year. So to me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, you, you, you got a lot of... A lot of visibility on these trailers because mm -hmm. it's not just parked on the side of Salafouche. Them things roll the entire Gulf Coast. We're going to Gulfport. Yeah, we're, yeah. Going, we're going to yeah. Mississippi so, next week. So explain that. Um, you, you know, I guess a lot of people don't. I, I don't think about it. You know, you, you guys go, y'all go to Gulfport, y'all go perform. But there's a lot of background work that goes into having to 
get all that stuff over there to be able to go perform, right? So usually the morning of, uh, he'll take the band and he'll run through his, his show with them and they got all the props and a bunch of stuff on the field. Uh, we take one or two trailers and park it in the back to get ready for loadout. Once they finish their practice and they feel good with what they got, we got to break down all the field equipment and just start putting it in the trailers. Whenever we get it all loaded up, we also have to grab a few four-wheelers, throw them in the trailers, because whenever we get to these, these stadiums, we have to put a whole bunch of equipment on the field in a short amount of time because you give them like, what, five, seven minutes? Not even three sometimes. To get on the field, get yeah. set up, and get ready to start playing. So a lot of times we'll hook up two trailers or two four-wheelers. We'll have two 12- to 16-foot utility trailers loaded full of instruments and stuff for the pit. They have to offload that, get all the wires and everything set up, plugged in, which is a lot of stuff going on all at the same time. All of this while the kids are up in the field um, kind of warming up and doing their little practicing with Mr. C here. At the same time, whenever they finish the show, we got to break all of this stuff down with the kids, get it all loaded up on these trailers, get it back out in the parking lot. It's not going to stay on the utility trailers. We got to get them all packed up in the, the, the bigger cargo trailers and then get the utility trailers with the four wheelers hooked up to trucks again, getting ready to go back home. And this is a, a weekly thing, and they've Process. gotten really, really good with it. Yeah, it sounds very efficient. Yeah, we have a great team. We have some great people involved. They help out. That's awesome. Yeah, my wife, Maggie, has been in charge of uh, this year of getting people, lining people up to pull. And so far, we've, we've really been um, – we've had more people than what we've needed. That's great. And that's always a blessing because the same people right. pulling every single time ends up – sometimes you just want to go to a show and you want to catch it from the beginning to the end. Well, if you got the same people pulling the trailers all the time, you can't really do that. Right. So now more people have an opportunity to go early, catch the show from beginning to end, and help out just getting the props loaded and unloaded as they, they want to. But you get a little more opportunity to see some of the other schools perform. And that way you kind of see what your competition is. And look, some of these kids are good. I mean, real, real good. Some of these schools are real, real good. You'd be really impressed to, to see how the precision in their shows are I can barely chew gum and walk at the same time. And these kids are running sideways and, and jumping up and down and making all kinds of movements all while playing these instruments and playing them in key and in step. And there's no way. It's impressive. Right? Yeah. So, Reggie, you, you talked about, um, you know, from your side on the fundraising. Yes, but give some Give some insight on what on some of the other activities that, that get done with the money. So, first of all, I want to give a shout-out. Mr. Chasson, Mr. Boudreaux, Getty, and Stewie for what they do for these kids. Uh, I basically came out as my boy played sports and he quit all sports and he decided to join the band. And I was a sports guru. Now I just wanna tell you I'm there for the halftime show now. So mm -hmm. so basically what we do is um, when I first came on last year, uh, we gave Mr. Chasson a wish list on what he wanted. And it was up to us and the crew to raise money to get what he wanted. We purchased four um, concert tubas. Um, that was about a cost of about $16,000. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, instruments wow. are not cheap. This is just a beginning of what we want to do. Uh, we have about 20 items on the wish list, and I'm going to plug it again. Guys, if y'all would like to donate and help the band out, contact us, and we'll definitely take your donations. Uh, so you also have a plethora of parents um, in the concession stands providing food to the public that's that's there to watch the game as well. So does that money also goes back to, to Bain? So 
the concession stand, all the profits we make from the concession stand pay for us to go to all these out-of-town shows. Gotcha. The transportation we usually get from the school buses, but the school doesn't pay for it. We have to pay for it. And it's not really cheap um, to go to a lot of these places. Like, we're going to Mississippi here real soon. We're going to take three or four buses, and we're going to be going all day long to Mississippi. Well, you got to pay for them three or four buses fuel. you got to pay for the bus, and you also got to pay for the driver. Sometimes the drivers donate their time. Sometimes they want to get paid for it because it's overtime for them. Yeah, and it's a job. So we can't do it without them. And, and, I mean, the bus drivers are really dedicated to these kids as well. I mean, they can be doing other things. They don't really need to be doing that. But, you know, they like going to these shows. Sometimes some of those are ex-band moms. And they remember what it was like when they was on the other side. Gotcha. So they they help us out just as much as anything else. And and we try to have – we try to have a sign-up list where all of the parents kind of only have to work one night in the concession stand. That way, if we have four or five home games, they only sacrifice in one home game that they're going to be in the concession stand or at the ticket booth or somewhere else. And then the other three or four games, they can be in the stands and watch their kids and they can watch it during halftimes. That way, they don't miss everything. Right, right. So outside of fundraising, is there any other money that comes to, to um, I guess, you know, support the band? Yeah, that was pretty much my undertaking. Uh, last year, uh, uh, well, probably beginning of this year, we had a, a cake bingo with a plate lunch jambalaya that did exceptionally well. Uh, it seemed like cake, we cake and jambalaya. I mean, how could yeah, you, how it was it was pretty good, man. Uh, you know, we we sold a bunch of plate lunches, probably pretty close to five hundred plate lunches, wow. and. The kids are trying to go to Disney right now, so the way we had it structured was was that we took the expenses out of it. We divided up whatever we sold per kid, and whatever tickets they sold, they got the profits off of that, and that paid for their Disney trip. So it really helped pay down a lot of their kids' Disney trips. We, we've done that one. We've also done a, a chicken fricassee that we had, and we did really, really good with that one. And I think we have a gumbo coming up in November that we're going to do another plate lunch in November. We we're trying to do a cake bingo, but it's not um, time is not working out too good with it. So uh, we're just going to stick to the gumbo and make it easy, and hopefully that will round up with a lot of it. So, you know, I have been seeing on Facebook a lot of kids posting or parents posting about fundraising to go to Disney World. What does the band go do in Disney World? So uh, we're giving the kids an opportunity to go perform uh, out of this state and showcase the talent of our community on the world stage. You know, so it's a really cool experience, a a once-in-a-lifetime for these kids to go and perform with uh, the Magic Kingdom Castle in the background. It's a very cool event for these kids to go. At the Free Songs, thank you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's fun. It's yeah. a good time. Man, I, that that has to be an experience for a high school kid to to go. So, do, do they perform in the parade? Yeah, know? yeah. Actually, okay. uh, we we meet backstage. We get warmed up. We get dressed up in uniforms and stretch out. And then when they say go time, they open the gate, and it's like a Mardi Gras parade. And we're the main attraction. You know, we we wow. just go down throughout parade throughout the park. It's pretty cool. I mean, you'll have experience in that. Yeah, and, yeah. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of other schools don't have the the luxury of marching parades like we do, you right. know. And and down here, I mean, parades are about four or five miles, and over there, it's just right about a mile. So for us, it's a cakewalk, right. you know. Other kids might be huffing and puffing. My kids are in shape though. We're we're rocking and rolling, bro. That yeah. that is one thing. Uh, like, you know, when we see y'all walking in the parade, and even the junior high kids with golden medal, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, middle school kids with golden medal and uh, and LCO. Like that's a long way to be carrying an instrument and and just just to be walking that far. Oh, definitely, you know? yeah, yeah. It's definitely physically taxing uh, on the kids. We have to get them in shape, you know, for all of that. But yeah. uh, they they respond well, and we try to put on a good show. And like I said, just showcase 
the the hardworking, talented kids we have from right here in the Bayou. That's right. That's when you're glad you're a flute player, not That's a right. trombone player. So. <laughs> and if anybody would like to sponsor a kid, uh, we still would take any sponsorships because there's kids that still need money to go to Disney, and they can contact any one of us. Okay. So, Scotty, you talked about the board. We talked about the band. But there's a lot of other work that goes on, on behind the scenes to be able to make things happen. So give us a, a view into all the different groups that help out to make um, the support of the band successful. So pretty much all of the, the kids and, you know, the band program all have their parents. All the parents are pretty much in the booster club. Uh, during the year, we, we do a lot with the kids that a lot of people just don't see, don't know about. We don't advertise. It's just stuff that we know needs to happen. We have a, a two-week band camp. During that band camp, we have a, an army of parents pretty much um, helping us out with it. Uh, what they normally do is is they we get a lot of snacks that we buy, water that we get, Gatorade, that kind of stuff like that. And these kids are going from sometimes 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning till 6, 7 o'clock at night during band camp. And that's in the middle of summertime. It's hot. You know, and, and it's, The fire department comes spray water on. Yeah, this year we had the fire department out there with us. Um, so we get a lot of these parents that, that – the kids kind of go in in the morning. They get fitted for their show shirts, their uniforms, and what we're going to wear. And then we got a group of parents that start altering these uniforms because last year it might have been for somebody else. This year it's for this one. And the pants need to be let out or taken up or whatever not. We got another group of them that split up a whole bunch of snacks. Instead of putting out, like, the big bags of cookies, they'll take them and put them in snack bags. And we go ahead and bring them to the back. Then we have some of them that are just committed to nothing but making Gatorade and ice water that we bring to the back right. in the coolers. Because, I mean, it's it's – this summer was brutal. I mean, it was 90, 100 degrees outside, and, you know, they, they gave them breaks pretty often, but you still have to have your snacks and your water and stuff like that for them to have. Right. So um, we, we get all the parents back there, and they keep up with that. And while that's going on, we have uh, we have an idea about what we're going to do in the show, but we're not 100% sure a lot of times. But we do have general props that we use every year pretty much all the time. And they need to have work done on them. And we got another group of parents that get together and we fix all the props. Like, is a stage. We use a stage every year, pretty much. So we use the stage and you know we make sure that's okay. We got drum major podiums. We usually gotta tighten some bolts because through the years of transporting them, right. stuff loosens up, and we make sure everything's safe for the kids to get on and, and work around and, and play with and be on. Um, the same parents that usually do a lot of the props also help uh, during the halftime shows. I mean, we got. 15, 20 minutes, we got to get everything on the field, do our show, and get off the field. And we've got a lot of equipment sometimes we've got to bring on there. And it's too much for the kids to do all in one shot. So we have a lot of the booster parents that are prop masters. And they pretty much full-time, you know, help load the stuff in the trailers, get it out the trailers, get it on the field during the halftime shows, and get it off the field after the halftime shows. So uh, I don't think we can do what we do without the humongous support that we have from the booster parents themselves. Right. Uh, I mentioned something about the fire department coming to spray water on the kids, and it was all over social media, and that looked like it was a lot of fun. What was the story behind that? How did that come about? So with that, um, we, we kind of saw it somewhere else, and we thought, man, that looked fun. It looked like them kids had a lot of fun with it. I think that's something we can probably pull off. So I think Miss Lisa got in touch with Jada at the fire department, and I called Mr. Devin over at the fire department, and I said, is this something we can possibly do? And, you know, Devin got back with me and said, well, as long as he's okay with it, I don't see no problem why we can't get a truck over there. 
And whenever I got in touch with C about it, she was like, absolutely. So uh, we had Marchathon. Uh, they learned their third movement at the Marchathon. And somewhere around lunchtime, you know, we told them we was going to have a fire truck over there. That way they can get sprayed. And come around lunchtime, the kids ate. And then they just got the fire truck cranked up. And for about 15 minutes, the kids just got in a puddle. And we washed them down. <laughs> and and, and they, yeah, and it, it, I caught a little mist on the side. And honestly, that day was pretty darn hot. And it felt good. So I'd imagine that. You know, other than them going back marching, being soaking wet, it probably wasn't that bad for them either. Right, man. You, I I can I can't speak highly enough about our fire department, like Devin and and that crew. They they're always willing to do what they need to do to be able to help the community. Uh, so good job for reaching out to Devin because he's he's definitely willing to to go the extra mile for anybody. Yeah. I've known him for the last fifteen years. There's not a whole lot of people I'd wake up in the middle of the night to go help out, but if he ever called me, I'd be there in a heartbeat. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so. So we talked a lot about parades. Uh, obviously, you guys are at the football games, playing the football game during the games, and then the halftime show or at the end of the football game. But give the listeners the uh, an idea of the other activities that you guys do. Um, you know, like with the festivals and and you know playing at different different areas. Yeah, uh, I mean, what what the public doesn't see is like right now we have class and during class we're teaching these kids skills. You know, like it's it, it's a lot of it's a laundry list of skills to be able to do what we do. Uh, so we work on that Monday through Friday during class. And uh, what you guys don't see necessarily on the weekend is we attend marching festivals. We're in the the, the peak of marching season right now, uh, so we're going off uh, next. In fact. On the 14th, we're heading to West Harrison and Gulfport and going to compete against schools in Mississippi as well wow. as some from Louisiana. Uh, we'll attend a few other competitions. We'll be hosting one. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. It all culminates uh, the beginning of November with the uh, Louisiana State uh, Marching Band Champions in, uh, in Lafayette. Uh, then once we get past that, we, we switch into concert mode and we, we do lots of prep, getting in ready to put on a concert for the public and our parents for the Christmas concert. And in the springtime, we, again, still building skills and we work on uh, music to go perform at a concert festival or two mm. and in a spring concert. So we're working year round. And in the and in the spring as well, our Tarpanets, they do um, what's called Winter Guard, WGI. They mm. do indoor. So like what we do on a field Friday night, they do it inside. No musicians, just them spinning flags and rifles and dancing around, putting on a whole production. It's really amazing wow. what they get done. Mm. That's a whole year of, I mean, it's... Oh, it's year-round, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what he's not going to mention, I will, is, is last year we were state 2A champions um, pretty much for marching bands throughout the state of Louisiana. Really? Yeah. Um, was that the first year that South Lafourche ever won? State no, Champions? we've done it a few times since I've been here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the goal for every band is to is to make it in the top 10 in the state. Okay. Uh, we, we've placed as high as fourth place a few years ago. Last year we happened to be sixth place. So we're we're pushing hard to be back in that top 10 this year. I got you. Hopefully top five. But last year you finished six, first? Six, sixth place. Sixth oh, place sixth in the place. state. Sixth place okay. overall first, in the state to a champion. Yeah, for our first place in our class. I got you. Oh, so it's all the high schools – yeah, you got yeah. It just like football. They got different class divisions based on how many they got in the band. And, okay, and, you know the the higher your band is, the more A's you got. And mm -hmm. we're about that mid smallest size, so we were just two A last year. Uh, we picked up a bunch more kids in the school, so now this year we three A. So we kind of moved up another category. Gotcha. 
and I, I assume just like with football, it gets tougher with the more the the yeah, higher incline. Yeah, but everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. I mean, yeah. it just the more kids you have in band, the more the better sounds you can make, the more things you can do out on the field. So right. it's 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 just a fun competition for. So us. so I noticed this at uh, the Thibodeau game. Uh, we we were there. We saw you guys' performance, which was excellent. Uh, when did electronics? <laughs> <laughs> get introduced into the band. Okay, so I've been doing this, like I said, for 21 years, uh, and I'll show my age a little bit. When I first started, that wasn't a thing. No. It, it wasn't. I, I'd really have to say it's been in about the last 10 or so years, electronics has really come to the forefront. And uh, it's, it's like it or not, it's part of what we do now. You know, uh, it's a kind of a competition to see, right. like, how can you go beyond normal band sounds and, and infuse all these other things? Right. And it helps add it. It helps make it more like a movie soundtrack, so right, to speak. Exactly. Um, so, so Randy, we talked about you know what you guys do to activities and all, but tell us about the impact the band has on the students and scholarship opportunities and um, uh, on the community as a whole. Uh, well, one of the, the best things I love about my job is I'm using music as a vessel to teach these kids life skills. Mm-hmm. You know, we teach them, you know, just like a sports team, we teach them teamwork, we teach them leadership. Uh, but my favorite thing, and I preach it to the kids, is I teach them how to work hard. I teach them how to work hard towards a goal. And so when they get out in society, they're going to be able to do that for whoever's going to employ them. You mm-hmm. know, they're going to want to serve their community and do the best that they could do. Uh, every year we, we graduate kids off to the collegiate level. Uh, and we hope they take their talents with them to the next level. Uh, no matter what university they go to, we try to encourage them to be in band mm-hmm. or the auxiliary at whatever college. And when you get to the collegiate level, you're offered financial aid scholarships and stuff like that. You know, if you major in music, you definitely get scholarships. Just being a member in a college marching band, you get service awards. So you're getting mm-hmm. money from the university just right there just to go participate and something you already love and know how to do. Wow. We've got we've got kids currently in, uh, we've got them in the Nichols Band. We've got them in the UL Lafayette Band. We've got a couple students in the LSU Band. Uh, I think we have one left, maybe two left in the Southeastern Band. I've got another former student in the La Tech Band up north, you mm-hmm. know, so. We've got, Texas uh, A&M. Oh, we got, Texas that's right. A&M. Thank y'all guys. Yeah. yeah, We've got one currently. We've got an Aggie. Uh, former oh. <laughs> our, our drum major last year, Gavin Como, he's off uh, in the really awesome uh, band over at Texas A and M. So we, we've got kids all over the place representing our community. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Tarpons all over the place. Yeah, so. Tarpons all over. Tarpons taking over, man. Yeah. Tarpons. So you guys got something coming up in the next few weeks, right? Give us an idea about uh, the band festival. What kind of activities take place for that, and the benefits that has for you guys and the school? Okay. Well, it, the the Silver King Classic has been a, a dream child of the Booster Club for several years, and uh, we were we were in set to to have it roll, and then COVID hit, and mm. so it kind of went the back burner, and then we started to get back to some normalcy, and then Ida hit, so it was it was kind of set back a few times, but uh, last year we finally were able uh, to to get it off the ground, and uh, we we were able to have an outstanding event. Uh, so I liken it to you. It's it's basically it's a day long or several hours long of just halftime over and over. All these bands come and competing, and then we combine it with the best food festivals down here on the Bayou. Wow. Uh, you know, just think of when you go to the French Food Festival, or we just had the Cutoff Youth Center uh, Festival, and just all the great food. We 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 have all the great down the Bayou chefs coming in and cooking for us, and you get burgers and you know hot dogs as well. But man, when you can 
go to an event and get some pork roux tea or some fried shrimp or fried fish. Fried fish. I remember last year the menu was like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You, no, nobody's marching festival can top ours on food. Put it that way. You know, I know we're, we we are up against the the French food festival this year, but trust me, if you come to our event, you're not gonna go hungry. It's 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 gonna be some outstanding food there as well. And we're going to feature 15 bands from around uh, the state. And we actually are pulling in a band from Florida. We're pulling Pace High School out of oh, wow. Florida. is coming all this way uh, to come and perform. And we're also bringing in uh, uh, college. We're bringing in William Carey University out of Mississippi. He's okay. going to come down and perform for us as well. We have several uh, of our local area groups, Lafouche, Terrebonne, uh, St. Charles, Assumption. We have those bands. We also have uh, Santa Mall High School coming down out of uh, the Gonzales area. And they're... They're a huge band, 220 kids plus. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a big, big, big event for us. So in comparison to, like, how many kids are in the band this year at Salafouche? So we have 130 kids, and I think we added it up the other day. All the other kids coming, we have over 1,600 other kids coming on our campus. Wow. You know, that's at not, Memorial Stadium. Yeah, at Memorial Stadium. That's just the kids. It's not including the moms and the dads. You could be about uh, four thousand. Yeah, coming and cheer or, or pulling equipment and stuff like that. So yeah, we're gonna be probably four to five thousand people deep in in that stadium on the twenty eighth. Wow. So and it's October twenty eighth. Uh, what time does it start? Uh, the first band uh, steps off at three thirty in the afternoon. Uh, and our awards are our the final of our show starts at about eight twenty in the evening. So. Uh, you've got the morning to go to French Food Festival and then come check us out in the afternoon. Right. Um, so you said awards. How, how's that broken up? Like, uh, is it like a scoring? Yeah, it's definitely a scoring. We have a panel of judging. We hire okay. some judges, uh, professional judges from around the country to come in through CSJ, that's Central States Judging Association, and they evaluate each band. They judge them on music, uh, visuals, uh, color guard, percussion, general effect. And they give each uh, band a score in those captions. And so within each class, they're ranked against each other. And then overall, we do some outstanding awards on the best of each category on the day. Gotcha. So we, we try to make it so every band, no matter how good or bad they do, they go at least home with one trophy. You know? Right, right. We want them to feel good about themselves. It's nice to get something nice and shiny to show for your hard work that you put in. If anything, they get to eat chicken for the gosse. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not show up, you know? So that sounds like a, a an eventful time. Um, so October 28th uh, at Memorial Stadium, um, you'll be able to see, you know, 15 different bands, college band, local bands, band from Florida, um, and have a good time, get to eat some good food and, and hang out. So, Yeah, I mean, for, you know, five, six hours worth of entertainment, it only costs $10 to get in. That's, that's, that's great for the money, you know. For sure. So, guys, it's time to do our rapid-fire questions. Uh, you can answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. You can expound on your answer, whatever you feel. Uh, how about it? So, so we'll go Randy, Reggie, and Scotty. So, are y'all ready? Yes, sir. You're ready, right, cool. yes, sir. So, Randy, if you have one final meal cooked by anybody in the world, what would it be, and who would cook it? Man, I don't know. I've had a lot of great chefs. Uh, I guess I don't. I don't know who would cook it, but man, I just I just got to go out with some bald seafood. That's what I've got to go out with, man. Just shrimp, shrimp, shrimp yeah, crabs, yeah. Uh, crawfish. Man, I got to go out with some bald seafood. That's right, Reg from Rouse's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably have to agree with him, and you know, I I would, you know, go after some Rouse's bald seafood. 
I don't know, bro. You, them, them ribeyes y'all got running in the front whenever you walking in. It's, <laughs> or you could come on by Saturday and get your sizzling steaks. Yep. Only nine ninety nine. This, this this turned into a Rouse's plug. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to add the Rouse's logo yeah, on it. Right. Scotty? Uh, if I had to say, I would probably, my grandma used to cook a good shrimp okra gumbo, and I'd have to put the potato salad in the gumbo. Oh, man. <laughs> you were in the gumbo, guy? In the gumbo. In the gumbo. So, that way you can get the sauce with the potato salad, and it's all together. So here's my take on this. Everybody's either in the gumbo or out. I'm kind of both. So have the potato salad out, but you can scoop it and then still dip it. Yeah. So you can be a dipping guy. You still get a little bit of sauce. You still and then you don't have to have it all mixed together. I don't know. I don't like washing two plates <laughs> all in the same bowl. You can get paper plates from Rouse's yes, right. and go to Mel. <laughs> Good deal. Two for five. No. All right. So. Good segue, Scotty. So in the past, we've talked about potato salad in the gumbo, out the gumbo, but we changed it up a little bit because after Hurricane Otto, we all had our fair share of jambalaya. So white beans, does it go on top of the jambalaya or on the side? I'm going to go on top. I'm going to go on top too. Definitely on top. Yeah. So fresh white beans or blue runner? I grew up. I grew up with my grandma's white beans, so it was oh, always yeah. homemade. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, you pulling yeah. from a can. Same, yeah. same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. no, soaked overnight. All that good stuff. Yeah, I was a picky eater until I joined the army. Now I just eat whatever's in front of me. <laughs> whatever don't matter. <laughs> or not even warm. It just got to be dead. Yeah. Uh, so the next question, uh, Randy, favorite snowball flavor. I'm not a snowball fan. No? I'm really not. I, I got OD'd on it when I was a kid. My <laughs> my nanny owned a snowball stand that was a bike oh, ride away yeah, from the yeah. house. And I'll be honest with you, I would go there and I would buy her tea cookies. She made the best tea cookies. So snowball, eh, I'm going to pass on snowball. Tea cookies sound good too. Though. Yes. <laughs> so me, uh, I go for Miss Elaine's uh, coconut with condensed milk, cream, ice cream, the whole nine yards. <laughs> and I'm a diabetic. <laughs> Uh, I live right there in Missy Lane's neighborhood, so there's no doubt it's going to be something from Missy Lane. Uh, most of the time, it's spearmint and cream, but every now and then, I just start at the top of the list and try to work my way through the whole list. Scotty, I think you have to be the first spearmint that we had. Um, so the next question, jar roux, sometimes or never? Never. Never. Never? Never. I mean, you sound like a busy man. You Never. Could... Never. No. I know we can buy Jaru at Rouse's. Let's get that on. Well, that's what I was going to go. Uh, I'm I'm a pretty good jar guy, uh, you know, and I think uh, one of my gumbos are probably one of the best, and a lot of my employees, uh, they could go for that. So, uh, yes, it has to be Rouse's Rue. So you you saying that one of your gumbos are the best and it, it's made with a jar? It's jar made root? with a jar, yes. yes. What? And uh, for every March, we have employee appreciation, and uh, I cook a gumbo probably to feed an army for them. Come on. So is is the gumbo fundraiser for the band going to be a regular on gumbo? Probably not. I don't think they're going to let me get behind the pots with they, my jarru. They, I was about to say, they don't want you using jarru. Scotty? Uh, I usually cook like about a gallon or two gallons of roux at a time, and, and I just keep it in the refrigerator whenever I need some, I take it out. But if I don't have any, I'm in a pinch, I'll, I'll just get some jar roux. By the time you cook it, you, you can't really tell the taste. Yeah, yeah. I I, I like roux, 
because it stinks my house so good. You know, like it just yeah, yeah. it stinks, but it's like it, it gives you, know you that warmth feeling. coming out. Yeah, of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, so the last question: You're at a down the bio wedding reception. What song do you expect to hear? Oh, you a band director? Ooh, so this man, is just so many good yeah. ones. I mean, I'm a pause. I'm a pass. Let okay. Me think. Let me okay. So, so me as you know, person right here, what I would like to hear and what I think I'd go for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all think about that? Oh, you can't cut that one out. You got to leave that one in there. <laughs> it's staying. Uh, when I go to a wedding down the by a uh, Darlene or anything they can do to freeze to. Exactly. And usually that's uh, one that you see almost every wedding. Got to be a there. There's gonna be a line dance. Yeah, they they gotta have that one and usually Tina now, which I think is funny because it's a married guy singing about a married woman, <laughs> but they're not married to each other. Okay, I thought of mine. It's gonna be Take My Hand. That's one. I'll, I'll, that's yeah, a classic that's a right there. That's a good Lil slow Wayne dance tubes, one. Yeah, yeah. Lil Wayne yes. Toops. Yeah. That's the song that my wife and I actually danced to. That's awesome. Wedding. That's yep. a great one. Yeah, Wayne Toops. You know you're going to hear it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's a solid. So, guys, uh, Randy, Scotty, Reggie, we definitely appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, all the great work y'all doing, keep it up. I mean, the, the impact that you're having on the kids, uh, I know – you know, it's a job, and you guys have kids that are in the band, and you supporting it. But it, it from the the big picture, you know, like all those kids are never gonna forget that in the rest of your life. So just know that whatever you're doing, we always say use your powers for good. I mean, y'all using your powers for good. So just keep keep that up, keep supporting them, kids. Appreciate it. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the DTB podcast. This podcast is presented by Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please visit our website at blessyourheartnonprofit.com to learn more about our organization and support our work. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the DTB podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at the DTB podcast. I'm Ross Jombon. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.